0: marketing stir podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Vin, the associate producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chant with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges of the market. And we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, Vincent and AJ chat with Sonia Oblite, Global Marketing Director at OKCupid. Sonia discusses, how the dating app can be used to approach romance in a slow and meaningful way, and how the inclusiveness of OkCupid makes the app appealing for all around the world. AJ looks 12 years younger, and Vincent is a fan of clean-cut looks. Give it a listen.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Styrista's The Marketing Stir. I, of course, am your happy host, Vincent Petrofessa, the vice president of B2B products and partnerships here at Starista, and still reigning interim general manager. By the time this comes out in January or so, I probably won't have that title anymore. They're always trying to take titles away from me here. I'm kidding. I love it here. And I love you, the audience. Before I get started, let's talk about who Starista is we are a marketing technology company. We focus on identity. We have our own business to consumer database, business to business database. We work with clients to target those databases, to get new customers, to get their brand out there. We own our own DSP. We can do display. We can do connected TV. All those people at home do some connected TV. Email me at vincent at That is how confident I am in our services. I just gave you my email address. The other person I'm confident in, he is clean shaven today, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not, if you're just listening to us, go to the YouTube feed of this. My co host, ladies and gentlemen, clean shaven, looks 10 years younger, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's going on, AJ?
0: Vincent, some people are saying 12 years younger, but I'll take 10 years too.
1: Yeah, well, people have voices inside their heads, AJ. That's clearly you saying that, but I love, I don't think it's been years since I've seen you clean shaven, you know? Yeah, definitely.
0: I think it was the first time during the pandemic, I kind of let it go for about three weeks. So I decided I'm going to just go for a clean look for a couple of days before it grows back.
1: Nice. And then a haircut. You know, I'm coming down to San Antonio. That's the first thing I bother you about. Oh, yeah. No, to, no. I, I, I'll be
0: I'll be ready. I, I've had enough harassment from New Yorkers. So New Yorkers, we keep it
1: clean. You can see. Always clean. I get a haircut every 10 days. That's what keeps me fresh. Some people say it's a complex. I just say I'm trying to be, you know, keeping it fresh. But uh, I can't wait to be in San Antonio, Texas. I don't think anyone's ever uttered those words before, but I apparently... Uh, just did we're gonna be down there uh, visiting the team kind of a year end get together bash if you will it's gonna be fun are you excited
0: yeah it's the uh, probably the I guess especially because of the pandemic we didn't do anything last year except our virtual summit but this year we're doing that plus quite a few other events so my hope is uh, things go smoothly and uh, I uh, but I, I think it'll be great to have everybody down together. And for two days, we'll have a blast.
1: Absolutely. And you mentioned the summit. This next amazing guest will be speaking on the summit. By the time you hear this episode, she would have already been on the summit. And Chanel, she did an amazing job, just like she's going to do on this podcast. Now, this is a first Uh, It's a first for her. It's her first podcast, she said. Although she's natural, I find that hard to believe. Also, it's the first organization of its kind that we've had on the podcast. Now, I'm familiar with dating apps. I'm not on them. I'm a happily married man. I'm not on them. You hear, uh, my wife doesn't listen to the podcast, but it's, you know, it is the dating application I hear about all the time. This is the one I'm on. This is the one I'm on. It's OKCupid, ladies and gentlemen. And we have a very special guest calling in, joining us from DC. Ladies and gentlemen, the global marketing director of OKCupid, please, a warm marketing stir. Welcome for Sonia Oblite. What's going on, Sonia?
2: Hi. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. It's exciting.
1: We're so happy to have you. I have so many, I have so many questions about. You know what you do in OK Cupid. Uh, first of all, we have a lot of people at Starista who could use OK Cupid's help. We've got a lot of people. Uh, Brian Gold comes to mind. Man, that he just has such a hard time meeting women. Uh, meeting, <laughs> us, <yeah>. um, <laughs> you know, maybe he listen. He does listen to the podcast. Too. No, I'm kidding. He's actually in a relationship now. But we have so many people who uh, are out there listening, and this is a great topic because. I we want to hear all about what's been happening because dating during the pandemic, that's a whole other ballgame. We're going to get to that. But Sonia, for people who have not heard of OkCupid, okay tell us a little bit about OkCupid okay and your role. I really want to dig into that global aspect of your role because then that opens up so many more questions. We're going to have fun, but you know, just a quick intro to OkCupid okay and your role. Yeah,
2: sure. So OkCupid okay is one of the first dating apps to launch into space back in 2004 before even the advent of the mobile phone. So we've been doing this matchmaking game for a while. Um, and OkCupid, what makes us unique from our competitors is that we ask you lots and lots of questions so you can have a really complete and robust profile. Um, so it's more than just your surface, swipe right, swipe left, they're really about getting to know you and then matching you with somebody we think that you would have a great conversation with that could lead to who knows what else um and we're also the first dating app to launch pronouns we're the first dating app to give uh over 22 gender options and 20 orientations to select from. So we consider ourselves to be the most inclusive dating app of all our competitors. And um, we're part of Match Group. So I'm a part of really good company and Match Group owns Tinder and Hinge and Plenty of Fish, a lot of other um, great dating apps that I consider to be my sister brands as well. And we learn a lot from each other, but what what makes OkCupid really unique is that we consider ourselves to be exclusively inclusive. Because no matter who you are or what you're looking for, we got you.
1: I like that. I like, you know, exclusively inclusive. That's, yeah. uh, that's awesome. And Sonia, walk
2: us through, you know,
1: Global Marketing Director. Talk to us about some of your, your roles, what your uh, day-to-day looks like there, some of the regions that you tackle.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I, I have such a really fascinating role because I really need to know about love around the world and in the markets that we focus on. So we're not, when we say global, we really just focus on the markets where we have the best product fit because I'm sure, as you know, love is a cultural. So not all markets are open to online dating yet. So, but we focus where we know like our, we have great product fit. So my day to day, one of our big big markets is Israel. And it's like this morning, I was on the on the line with my Israeli agency and my local rep, just talking about what our plans are for new emerging channels like TikTok. How are we going to capture a younger audience, you know, and that's one conversation I had today, and then I'm going into Germany, because we also have a great team in Germany, and I'm thinking, and we're talking about out of home, and how are, what cities are we going to tackle, and what's the messaging, and the best way to market there, and then we'll go over to Turkey, and Turkey's talking about inflation, so we're thinking about what's our pricing strategy in Turkey, you know, and then India, so it's a great role, you know, I wear many hats, but it's all about, you know, leveraging our core message in all of these markets, you know? And then also knowing how these markets date and what makes OkCupid so interesting to that consumer. Why OkCupid in Israel and in India and in Germany, you know? And that's the approach that we take when we start, when we work on our market entry strategies, like, well, why OkCupid? You know, it's one of the very important questions that we ask ourselves is, will it fit? Will it work in that market? Yeah. I, I, I love that. you
1: probably also, you never have any free time because it seems like you're on calls in different regions all day long.
2: right? All day long. <laughs> I was I was tipped to Zoom before the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah,
1: nine a.m. Uh, nine a.m. nine p.m. calls. And like my wife works with some teams in Japan. It's always like yeah, yeah. It's, we have a team in uh, yeah. Southeast
2: Asia. Southeast Asia is yeah one of our. Sonia,
1: we also love to ask this question of all of our guests, because there's a lot of people listening out there who are in marketing, thinking about getting into marketing. How did you get into this crazy world we call marketing?
2: Yeah, so um, I was actually a marketing major undergrad at Penn State, so I was studying marketing, but um, I actually didn't start my career in marketing. I started my career in the cosmetic buying office uh, at Lord & Taylor, in New York City, um, where I had the opportunity to be sold to by many different brands from Estee Lauder to Lancome to the L'Oreal's, like big names, small names. And I thought to myself, like, I want to be that person. I want to be the one who is working on campaigns, launching them and presenting them to the retailers or to the world. Um, and in 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 order to make that transition, I went to FIT and I had um, and I received a master's in cosmetics and fragrance marketing. And it was a really unique program. It's actually, I think I was the fourth or fifth class and it's still continuing till this day, but it was a great program that allowed me to make many contacts and also just like built my expertise in cosmetic marketing. So after that, well, after I graduated, I joined Estee Lauder and I was in global marketing for years marketing fragrances and did some more cosmetic marketing work after that. And then about two and a half years ago, I, uh, entered the world of dating and tech and I have been having so much fun since it's completely different than cosmetic marketing, but all the less, we're still selling or marketing hope, you know, we're talking (laughs) into emotion, um, making love connections, you know, and it's, it's a different way of marketing, but it's, 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 it's using, um, I would say with between dating app and cosmetic marketing with dating I'm not selling a product per se you know I don't have to wait for a product launch or really talk to R&D and development you know everything is in your mobile app so we're not necessarily tied to a lot of like product launches unless it's like a product launch in the app so that's that's where I would say is some of the difference and I'm obviously not selling to retailers like I was before you know we don't have a store um, but that's how I got into marketing that's how I got into marketing yeah
0: so, so I, I got married and started dating before the uh, app world really took off. So, uh, But for as an outsider, there's still a lot of competition in terms of uh, what I hear my single friends using and switching between apps. Uh, what, what in terms of kind of marketing strategy, what separates you uh, from all of the other apps that consumers have access to now?
2: Yeah, you know what? Okay, keep it. What really separates us is that we ask questions. We ask questions, whether they're questions about politics, and we can, you know, get really into the psyche of like what it is that's important to you, from your political aspect to if you like ketchup on your fries to whether you're a supporter of Planned Parenthood or pro rights. Like we match on what really matters to you, and um, that's something that OK prides themselves on: is that we really want to get to know who you are and um, try to, if not spark a love connection, at least have you connected to plenty of people. So that's the difference with OKCupid okay and all the other dating apps. I would say is that, now, you know, our our positioning is matching you on what matters. You know, so whatever matters to you, you will definitely be able to discover somebody who shares the same. Um, And then also just the, as I I mentioned before, we have the sexual orientation options, the gender orientation options, and we launched more pronouns and we were the first to do so. So we've been inclusive before it was a thing. You know, we've always tried to include everybody. Um, and recently, not sure, and I know Vince, maybe you've seen our recent ad campaign on the subways for every single person where we were, I mean, we, str- we struck up controversy because our our advertising was so provocative, but that's okay, Cupid. You know, like we, we, we want to be bold. We want to be provocative. And we we want to have people who kind of piss people off in a way. Where if you want to be inclusive, this isn't this isn't your brand, you know. This is for people who want to to want to make sure that everybody is feels welcome. So that's why the ad campaign was for every vegan, for every Vaxxer, for every poly. It's for it's really for everyone.
0: That's awesome, Sonia. We completely support your mission here at Starista. <laughs> uh, so, kind of in terms of the marketing strategy. Uh, what is working for you what's kind of in a broad sense what are the some of the channels that you market and advertise on
2: yeah I mean we we're we really in like I guess you would say like your traditional channels I think what works for OkCupid is that especially for me in my global marketing is like you know I don't have the biggest budget so we, we do a lot of um, acquisition marketing and um, then we also do a lot of leveraging with like con- content and content creators. So TikTok right now is for, for us something that we're really exploring because it's just for a dating app, it can be so organic, you know, the, the, the going on a date, the filling in your profile, the telling of story, you know, I find that any sort of way to have an organic message works best for us. So leveraging a success story. People always wanna see like, well, did it really work? Who's really meeting on here, you know? So, and like, that's another channel like between your TikToks and your Instagram and any sort of these social channels that you can really like showcase these success stories but also have like great funny content and engaging content that um, just allows us to showcase our unique properties of the app, you know but do it in a really cost-effective way. That's one channel that works for really well for us, and then OkCupid, because we have such bold, creative, out of home works for us pretty well. Um, and out of home, and not out of home nationally, like we're really focused on like what cities we know that we have our the, the our biggest users or user base. So like we're more um, metropolitan. Like we're not into smaller small town like USA. So like we'll focus on like the big cities like New York and LA, Chicago.
1: And, and Sonia, I have seen those subway ads. And, and for OKC, okay, that's kind of where I knew about. I mean, I, again, heard friends t- talking about it. That's the app they talk about the, the most. I live in New York City and I see the ads and I'm like, these are hilarious. These are great. They're inclusive. You see that. But I also think they're very funny, the, the ads. It's kind of so that it, it definitely gets your attention. Was all that through the match group? Was that intentional? Like, hey, we really need to. Separate ourselves. We want our ads to be provocative. We want them to be funny. Um, is or is that kind of a result of having? Well, we are different because we have such, you know, in- inclusivity that you know. Well, we should make this like that.
2: It's so, it, exactly yeah. the latter. It's like knowing that we are inclusive and we have our mission is to showcase that. That's really where the 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 provocative nature of the ads come from. Um, but interesting, interestingly enough, uh, in my global role, that ad does not work globally. So you wouldn't necessarily see that in Israel. You certainly wouldn't see it in Turkey or, or in India. So the question is how do you then communicate your brand message and still be provocative, but not that edgy, you know? So what, we, what we've what we done in, um, Turkey, for instance, is Turkey and India, um, Indonesia, these markets are more, uh, they definitely are a more serious intent dating market. But the, the, the way we kind of flip the dating culture on its head is like, you know, you are going to be the one to control your destiny and who you meet instead mm-hmm. of so matched by your mom or by your a matchmaker you're actually going to go on a dating app and you're going to find someone who's right for you. So we launched a campaign in India called Find My Kind. We launched a campaign in Turkey, someone just for you or someone just like you. So it still is provocative and it still is kind of shocking in a way because it's not common yet. Mm -hmm. So taking that same core message of match on what matters, you know, but spinning it around in the market that is a little more conservative where you could definitely not have the advertising campaign you have in the U.S.
1: well and that leads into my next question is kind of like how do you determine where to go internationally and and you just touched on areas of the the world that a lot of those places right are you're being matched by a matchmaker where you're like a matchmaker I don't even know a matchmaker here like I have one friend who's a great wingman but that's all I know as far (laughs) as there's nothing like I think I'm a great wingman personally I'm getting it out there for everyone but some people disagree uh, they think I just start talking about myself the whole time, but I, It which is also probably true, but how do you, you know, it's like, well, this city's ready for us. Is it the testing that goes on? How do you determine what areas, because you would think like, you know, Rome, Paris, some of those great cities of, you know, of love, right? But talk to me about that.
2: Yeah. There's a little bit of science to it and a little bit of kind of like your gut, but Luckily for us, we are available all over the world. So we're able to see like organically where we're working. You know, like you can you can see like, okay, there's a big spike in users in this particular market. So we have organic traction with no marketing support. That That's part of the decision-making, you know? Then we look at being a mobile service. We're mostly mobile. I mean, we are on web, but you know, you, you look at the infrastructure of the market and like, you know, will they have, they have access to to, to mobile phones and Wi-Fi, so it's just like looking at the economy and ensuring that you know you are going to make some sort of profit from marketing in this in this market, you know. And then we also look at our product fit, you know. So in product fit, looks at saturation of competitors. Some markets are just highly competitive, and you need a lot more investment to make a difference, you know. And some markets, some markets aren't where we can, um, you know, really like make a big splash. So that's kind of the way we look at the, the, um, when we go into a new market, you know, and then being a big, big company, even though we are, okay, keep, we are owned by Match Group and they do also help us to shape our plan, our international expansion plan as well, you know, to see like, okay, we see this country, there's a great product fit, you know, as a more serious intent dating culture like Israel. Israel, they, they are more serious intent with dating they're not as casual as some as like uh, a US They're more seriously intense I think that's part of the reason why OkCupid does so well in Israel is because they they are most of the time looking for serious relationships whenever they start dating. you know so that's kind of like our approach to going into a market you know some markets you can go into and spend a lot of money and you still won't be able to make it then if your product doesn't resonate. you know so a little bit of everything.
0: So Nick, one of the things we've noticed with our friends is uh, during the pandemic, some of them were single and have stayed single uh, and they complain they're not uh, able to go to bars as frequently. And some of that is changing. But do you see a general trend that you can uh, attribute to COVID and the relationships people are having?
2: Yeah, you know, during COVID, we we realized that um, people really, We're starting to gravitate towards dating apps a lot more, obviously, because people still wanted to have connection and meet each other. But we realized that people weren't necessarily going on dating apps now just for love connection as they were for just connection in general. But what happened is that they slowly started to get to know each other, which started this trend called slow dating. And it's still going on, you know, so the speed dating, where you go, you sit down, you spend three minutes, you get to know someone and you move on to the next. Now we saw with COVID this emerging trend called slow dating, which is great because you take your time, you get to know the person. And then by the time you meet in real life, you feel like you have a more of a, connect, a stronger connection with the person than before. Pre-COVID, you know, it's like you have few exchanges, then you meet the next day. With COVID, you really had to get to know somebody. You know, so that was one of one of the um, I would say an advantage for daters is they had to take time to get to know each other.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Plus, you have to check people's vaccination status now before you go on speed dating. I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For sure. So uh, well, you've worked you've mentioned some of the great campaigns you've done, and I uh, look forward to being back in New York so I can see some of your ads on the subways. Uh, but what's your favorite campaign that you've worked on while at OKCupid?
2: Okay yeah, I, you know, one of my favorite campaigns we launched in Israel was all of it was focused on our questions. So in every market, we have our questions tailored specifically for the local market, because it needs to be if you're trying to match on what matters, as I keep saying, mm-hmm. but they're tailored for, you know, each, each, each culture. Um and when the campaign that ran was all about our questions, and it was an illustrated campaign. So it was, it was still around COVID time. So we used the illustrator and we launched those digital only, a series of four different short videos, centered around the questions. And one of the questions was, um, do you clap when the plane lands? And that's something that Israelis do. Some love it, some don't, but it's like, you know, there's a little controversy. Um, but one of the funnest questions was, uh, during the zombie apocalypse, would you fight or flight? And then we had the zombies come out and start smashing each other. And the couple, of course, they both stuck around to fight and that's how they connected by answering that question mm-hmm. together. So that was fun, it was just fun. It's fun to be able to tap into the culture. And then it's fun to bring it, bring these questions to life in a really illustrative way. Uh, and we ran this campaign, it was all digital. So we ran through performance channels and on YouTube and on, and on social. So it was, it was fun, a lot
1: of fun. I- that sounds like fun. I was like, you see all these questions. I'm like, see, dating is fun, or at least the da- <laughs> dating apps, right? You
2: would love to be in our brainstorms. I'm telling yeah. you, we have
1: so much fun. Oh, I would love it. I, you know, just just for the, materi- the material I could bring to the podcast from that. That would be uh, that would be awesome. I always joke around. I was like, you know, yeah, I, uh, you know, dating. It's dating has changed. I have a lot of friends here in New York City where you know, it, dating is, is not to go out on dates, but to really find that. And I love that word you use, intent. I, I was like, wait, what does she, what does that mean? But then I, now, now I get what you mean there. It's, uh, you know, dirt, but I, you also heard like during the pandemic, people doing, uh, you know, videos, right, video apps or video calls. And then it's like, when do you finally meet? Like AJ said, you have to probably show a vaccination card to meet in person and, and, and different regions are different. So yeah, it must've been, you know, crazy. Um, can you talk a little bit more about some of the things that happened during this pandemic that surprised you? About like, oh, you know, what surprised you the most, or or how did how did just internally you have to change some of the marketing?
2: Yeah, I mean, internally we definitely had to change some of our location-based marketing. So we have some ads that will show meeting singles in different parts of a city outside. So we definitely went. We had to pull pull those down. Um, we changed our messaging more about like you know it's okay to date far from a distance you know we had to change some some of that messaging you know I honestly think what surprised me most and I don't know why I was surprised but I was is that how we saw such an increase in usage you know like where people really took towards dating and that's not just okay Cupid this is across industry you know, where people really wanted to connect and people, people were spending more and more time on the, on dating apps, you know, and that, and that actually kind of did surprise me a little bit to see that, you know, like, wow, people really are, are longing for this connection, you know, and, um, that I would say that surprised me. Um, and, What was challenging for me being global during the pandemic is like every country was at a different stage of the pandemic, you know? So we're constantly monitoring, like with this surge, this surge, this, you know? So it was just, it was a lot of understanding, like what every country was going through and monitoring, like the messaging per country. So it was different in the US and Israel was like they're way ahead of us as far as um, what they're combating the, the pandemic. So we were actually able to, we launched a close again campaign in israel because it was back in april when israel they were able to they had most of their population vaccinated so it was you know just trying to manage all of the different um markets and where they were with their you know the covid their covid um, response but i would say yeah to answer your question that was probably what surprised me the most like oh wow people really do yearn for a connection you know and i guess don't it's something that you would assume but I actually now I'm like wow really? it just makes me look at humanity different you know like wow yeah. we really
1: do want to be with each other you know we really well yeah and, and I, I totally agree and and I think now Sonia would you, I know you've been there you said uh, two and a half years but would your job if there wasn't a pandemic been to kind of go international and scope out like some of the the you know talk to your teams there would that be and, and is that going to change for you in the future?
2: Yeah, I hope so so definitely um, spending more time traveling more time understanding the culture um, more time meeting my colleagues I, I, there's so many colleagues and agencies that I work with that I've never met because of the because of the pandemic um, but yeah absolutely I would definitely like to do that going forward and just understand like what a night out in Berlin is like because we, we we market heavily in Berlin um, I heard you know, it's crazy
1: that's where people have like their crazy bachelor parties are in Berlin from what I understand yeah. oh wow that's the crazy and it's
2: a perfect uh, your question about like what's a good fit for OKCupid is a city like Berlin yeah you know, that's progressive and that's that that that's that has a lot of uh spirit yeah. you know a country, a, a city that's on the move. So I would definitely love to go and like visit more and like, you know, just really take advantage of being in this role, you know, and just understanding more about the cultures because dating is so cultural. It's so cultural, you know, it's, it's not like we're not selling Coke or a lipstick, no. you know, we're not so different.
0: So yeah. one of our signature questions here is has to do with LinkedIn. So with your job title and background, I'm sure you get a lot of unsolicited messages on your LinkedIn. So, do. you know, what's a message that gets your attention and gets you to respond? And more importantly, what's some of your pet peeves that really annoys you when you get a message like that? Sonia's too
1: nice. There's no.
0: She's too nice. I want
2: to hear this one. You know, what my peeves is when people tell me, like, they'll, I tried to call you. I'm like, oh, we don't even have a phone. Ah, that's you a know, like, what are you yeah. talking about? Or I've you called you several money. times. I'm like, like, <laughs> like, obviously you haven't. Um, or when you can tell they've inserted your name, like the font's all different. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, you could have at least tried. <laughs> You know, but what I do, what catches my attention is people who can reference a campaign and then say like, you know, we just, I recently saw your XYZ campaign, thought it was great. Or, you know, you could enhance it by this, you know, those are the ones I read, you know, I I, I appreciate those who actually do a little bit of homework before approaching, approaching, um, approaching me. Yeah.
0: A lot of people that listen to our podcast are younger professionals or students Uh, so what's kind of advice you have you've been in the marketing world for a long time what are some of the skills they need today that they didn't need before and what you see is important for them to do for the future
2: yeah you know I've been in the industry I've been in business for a while and I would say now more than ever it's the time to speak up it's the time to come with new ideas it's the time to to test You know, um, you never know who's going to be the next big influencer. You never know where the next big idea is coming from. And there's just so many ways to learn, you know, whether it's just listening to a podcast like this, going to summits, you just want to constantly stay, stay eager to learn and immerse yourself. You know, like I, I am now immersed in the world of TikTok and I don't think I would have been if it wasn't for my, 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 my job you know, but really get to know some of the products, Get to know like how you can use them to your advantage, you know, and then from a branding point, um, I think I would make sure, and this is something that we, we we think about every day, but what is your brand voice? You know, so if you are on Twitter, like you look at, like, who, who are the brands that tweet really well? It's the brands that when they tweet, it sounds like it's coming from the brand and not from the person who's running their account. And that's what I would, you know that if i was giving advice to my 21 year old self is like be bold have never don't be quiet have great ideas you know and don't be afraid to take risks reach out to reporters reach out to colleagues you know and keep learning
1: and i love that advice so Sonia, i uh i noticed this about you from tell from your profile I too was a uh, big brother big sister and I I saw that you did that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I did it my, you know, in the past and so you. but I want to really talk about some of the work that you're currently doing now you're doing quite a bit of work in Ghana. Can you please talk about that.
2: Yeah, so I am um, a native Ghanaian. I was born in Ghana, raised in America, but um, one of my I'm very passionate about supporting my country and also children and development. and um, I'm part of a nonprofit called My Help Your Help. Um, they're based in Ghana, but they're an NGO that supports orphanages in Ghana. So um, what I do is I, I try to build awareness of the NGO and also some fundraising efforts. but um, so every time I go to Ghana, I go to Ghana about once a year, I'm going in a few weeks. I get opportunities for the orphanage orphanages, meet with different orphans, um, meet with different groups in Ghana um and different brands to help, you know with donations and different efforts. So that's definitely one of my passions is just to, support um, underprivileged kids and help them like with opportunities to grow and, and also to provide them with um, tools and resources that they need to, okay. to get there. Yeah.
1: I love that and say the organization one more time.
2: My help your help.
1: My help your help. Awesome. And Sonia, I you know want to talk about you know we do get uh, the personal side here. We would love to get to know you personally here. Uh, I, have some, I have some dating questions too. Uh, maybe for the whole group, I have <laughs> a dating. I this just came to me, so it's just like so. Uh, talk to me about what you like to do in, in your in your personal time. What uh, do you love? Uh, you know, do you love to read? Do you love uh, to go on walks? Talk to me about that. Any shows you've been watching? You know, people, <laughs> and people love to hear that from uh, the podcast. That's what we get a lot of feedback from.
2: Yes, I do like to cook. You know, and I I love to uh, experiment a lot. So, you know, I've been, um, I tried the TikTok challenge with the feta, the big block with the pasta around it. I tried that. That was good. That was actually good. I've had some fails too, you know, because I love to just try new recipes, things I've never tried. The other day, I tried a Tyler Florence recipe. It was a double-breaded fried chicken, and oh. it really looked like a rock because I overbreaded it. But those mm. are the things I just like to do, and I like to entertain and have my friends over and like play as guinea pigs and such. And um, I love sports. I'm a big Steelers fan. I'm from Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. So that's, you know, that's my thing. I love fall and watching football starting tonight. Up until Monday night in college football, I went to Penn State, so big college nice. football
1: and as Penn well. State. Yeah, <laughs> Barkley, he's better. He better start playing well for the Giants. He uh, <laughs> better stay healthy. Um, that's right. Yeah, I did the same. I can't wait football uh, Thursday through Sunday. I don't get to the college uh, much, but because uh, I didn't go to a big school like, like that. But
2: yeah, uh, college just awesome. college, yeah. college is fun. I have a good. It's yeah, it's just a different experience. Like go coming from Penn State. You know, like Saturdays yeah. were huge for college football, you know, so yeah.
1: Those games, right? Penn State, like the whiteout game you always see, like it's like, it's like a, how many, is like 100,000
2: people, is that true or no? Yeah, yeah. I, when I was at Penn State, it was like 80,000, that's Penn State years ago. So many people, so
1: many people,
2: you know. Yeah. It? College well,
1: football. I, I have a question for the group now. I know you should do this, but I'm like, <laughs> so oftentimes, so let, let's, hey, well, Sonia, your ideal date. Let's talk about your perfect date. What's a great date for you? Uh, and then I have a question about what would people's messaging opening line be in these dating sites? Because I always want to, you know, because that's a big thing, right? A lot of people, uh, you know, like you're my partner in crime. It's like, wait, what? what does that mean? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so th- th- <laughs> Tell me about your, I know we're, we're going to wrap soon, but I'm like, let's just get, it's not every day we have the global marketing director of OKCupid. So I want to ask, what's, a, what's an ideal date for you?
2: Oh, that's an ideal date for me during the fall would be going and watching football together. You know, just that, that's an ideal date for me. There's no pressure, you know, just having fun. You can make chit chat if you want, or you can be distracted Mm -hmm. by the game if it's not going well, you know, it just gives you something to do if you have that common interest. And for me, that's an ideal date. You know, I would always recommend date your first date, be something easy and Fun and easy to escape. So meeting at the bar for a drink, a yeah. coffee, you know. But I don't recommend having dinner your first date, you know, because then you're kind of stuck. So something that you can get to know the other person, but you can also just have a quick exit if 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 you need to, or if it goes well, you can go to a restaurant and have dinner or yeah. whatever else you want to do after that. Uh, That's awesome. as, yeah. As far as what not to say is your opening line, it's definitely anything that has to do with hey, are you up? What's up? You know, it, you. It, oh, what not to say? say. <laughs> That's what you're saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would rule those out for sure. You know, yeah. that never seems to work well, depending on what you're looking for.
1: Yeah, okay, exactly. So AJ, what's your ideal?
2: Day? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, sorry, go ahead,
1: Sonia. no, sorry about
2: that. Just be clear on what you want from your profile, so what your first opening line shouldn't be a surprise to many people. (laughs)
1: Exactly, I like that. But What's an ideal day for you, AJ?
0: It's also a football game, Vincent.
1: (laughs) No, it is not. You don't like, that would be my. I'm like, someone wants to watch football, I'm like, what? I yeah, know no, my weird. wife got me and then she hated football. But like, you tricked me. You
2: tricked
1: me. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I, I don't that.
0: think football would work for me. <laughs> no. I, I'd probably ask so many questions about the sport that no, know, uh, my they, date might leave pretty early. I would say it's probably for me, it's maybe like a casual restaurant or a bar or coffee, something like that would probably be ideal or. You know, rare occasion a tennis matches in town that would work too. So
1: yeah, yeah, depending if you get. So here's mine, and you know, AJ, you're going to get you're going to laugh at this. This is if I were, this is if I were single and and, and going on a date. I would invite, them, <laughs> I would invite them to a comedy show <laughs> uh, to see me do stand up. Oh, um, are you so, trying to date yourself? Yeah, well maybe, that's the whole other podcast, but uh, what I would do, I would invite them, I would say, hey, you don't, do not you want to come to a, a comedy show? And maybe they don't know I'm a comedian, and then I pop up on stage, maybe for, if they like comedy, if they're a comedy fan, we'll watch the show, and then I'll pop up, do my 10 minutes of uh, my set, and see if they like it. And, um, and that would also be my opening line. Hey, you want to laugh and go to a comedy show? And then I would try to impress them with my comedy and see if that works.
0: I, I just have to say, uh, as someone who has gone to your comedy show, you'd have to change a lot of lines about your wife and in-laws well, and oh, kids. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> this would
1: be if I was single, <laughs> I had my single material. This is not me trying. <laughs> Can
2: I just so, tell yeah, you, is, is I to a, a comedy show on a date before yeah. and the comedian just ripped apart the date it was so uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> oh no, but I would be the comedian, Sonia. I would be, you, you'd be out of date with the comedian. Uh, we'll see, that's rule number one. If I'm if I'm taking someone to a comedy show, I'm like sit, you know, sit towards the back. Yeah,
2: you know? maybe fact. and hopefully, I, w- I have a friend who was a comedian and we went to his show and he bombed. So oh, hopefully yeah. Like, yeah. like you do well, everyone's laughing, you impress her you know it, it just
1: goes it goes great that's uh, yeah so that that would be my
2: uh can you tell i thought about it it's a weird that uh, i had like <laughs>
1: no. can you tell i thought about it it's uh <laughs> i think
0: oh, you've been I'm thinking so about it for the past week <laughs> yeah I, went, I was like
1: i got sonia I, you know I'm gonna, you know these are questions so this just came up this question uh the ideal date was uh, i wanted to ask you but uh not the opening line thing but Sonia, this has been amazing. If any, you know, anything new coming up with OKCupid? Okay I know it's going to be in the new year. I feel like people in the new year are like, I'm going to get out there and date. Is it? What's what's happening? Some final thoughts from you, and some some new stuff uh, coming from OKCupid. Okay
2: yeah, you know, Dating Sunday, which I believe is in January, is like the first Sunday in January, the first or second Sunday in January. So look out for OkCupid, we'll do something really big on that day, just to encourage daters to get out there and start dating. Um, I, I I look at dating apps as this, like you get in what you put out, like, or you, you know, like, If you really want to meet somebody, you go in there and you don't give up. Just keep trying and you will meet somebody. I feel like people go on there and then they within two, three weeks, you get tired and you're like, ah, I'm not meeting anybody. But I've seen like with success stories, some people meet the first person they message, but it takes a while, you know, Mm -hmm. just anything, like you're looking for a job, just gotta keep keep going out there, you know. And um, put your best foot forward, look at your profile, make sure you have the right pictures, avoid group pictures, you know? Yeah. And focus on on yourself. Um, But yeah, I would say, you know, next year everyone is going, uh, hopefully people are gonna be out more with more to do on dates. You know, you can go to the bar, go to comedy clubs now, Um, but definitely, you know, put yourself out there. That's what I think that's great about dating app is that you have, with OkCupid, we have all the tools to help you, you know, and anybody has any questions, feel free to hit me up at Sonia at okcupid.com. I'm more than happy to help you with your profile, answer any questions, you know, even hook you up with like free OkCupid premium to really get you started in January to find somebody. So yeah.
1: That's awesome. Dating Sunday, I love Dating, that. Dating Sunday. Sunday. That's amazing, Sonia. This has been amazing. That is Sonia Oblite. She is the global marketing director of OkCupid. Okay Sonia, this has been fun. Thanks for you know allowing us this time with you. Uh, this has been amazing. Another episode of the Marketing Sir. That's Sonia. I'm Vincent. I
2: had so He's, much fun. <laughs> we had so
1: much fun with you. That's AJ. I'll see him soon. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista.
0: Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at themarketingstir at And Thanks for listening.